All right, welcome back to the Speak Your Peace podcast. My name is Ian McNaughton. Pleased to be joined by friend of the pod, special guest, Jevin LaFave of the Left Side Heavy podcast. Jevin, what's going on, big guy? I'm good, man. It's always an honor to come back on the Speak Your Peace podcast. I appreciate hey, you having me. It's, it's a big deal. Uh, <laughs> not, maybe not quite as big of a deal as winning Saturday selections. Uh, people tell me that's also an honor and a privilege. But yeah. uh, it, it's it's pretty close one way or the other oh 100 it's something that always looks good on the resume you know what i'm saying you can you can add that to your collection of accolades you know what i'm saying like when you that's something i tell my grandparents about it's like or my grandkids about you know i won the saturday selections i went on the speaker piece podcast you tell that to brian at radio he basically just <laughs> brian he's like yo i was on ian's podcast speak your piece like i'm you know pretty cool not gonna lie yeah Exactly. Uh, pretty much we're going to be talking some football. We're going to be talking some hockey. Uh, we're just recording this after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeat the Philadelphia Eagles 28-22 in a yeah, oh, mediocre Thursday night football game. Yeah, it was a, it's okay. Yeah, it, it kind of was going as expected. Tampa got up a couple scores, and then I took a half-hour nap. Oh hell yeah! Because I, I I really needed it. I wasn't feeling too good, and then like, so I just I passed out. So I missed about a half hour of the game. I, I think I fell asleep right as Brady threw his interception. Oh, at halftime. Yeah, and then I kind of just, but Jalen Hurts playing like a very mediocre game, but his rushing touchdowns saved his stat line. You know what I'm saying? He's like one of the best like fantasy quarterbacks. Like not actually maybe a, a a good quarterback, but he'll put up twenty points in fantasy, no problem. Oh, he he'll put up close to thirty on a night. Yeah. Pretty pretty much on like read options, uh, wide receiver screens, yeah, um, and speed options, he'll manage to put up thirty points. Yeah, it's uh, he's actually been that one of the MVPs of my fantasy team this year. And I'm very happy to have him as my starting quarterback. I had Brady tonight starting in our league and, uh, yeah, he got me 24 points. That's not bad. Could use a little more action from quick Chris Godwin. Um, I don't think that this game was really a surprise for anybody. I mean, the bucks are the bucks. They're super bowl champions. They're really good. They're, you know, clinical essentially, um, especially in the passing game, Leonard Fournette is turning into one of the best assets at running back. Yeah. Um, did we learn anything from this game? Is there anything to take away from this game that's like, oh, I didn't know that? Don't bet on the Bucks uh, minus seven because that's what I did, and they fucking won by six. So I'm pissed. It ruined my parlay. I could have won forty dollars, but. They had to give up that two-point conversion, and it totally fucked my whole entire night up, and I won't forgive them until they win me my next bet. But uh, I, I blame the Eagles and, like, Nick Cerrone for, like, trying to be... I don't know what Nick Cerrone... He fe- like, I feel like he's trying to be McVay or uh, Brandon yeah. Staley, and, and he's like... But he's not him. Like, he's like... Uh, not a poverty version, but he's like a poor man's version of like, he's like Yeah, he's like the bootleg version. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's the like wa- the he's the, the D- yeah, he's the DH gate version of Sean McVay. <laughs> Pretty much. And like the Eagles were just awful for like 
45 minutes of this game. It was not yeah. good. Um, the, that taunting penalty really hurt them because as much as I hate the rule, it like you can't be doing that because like players have to be a little bit more aware that they are starting to call that. And even if you don't like the taunting penalty, you have to abide by it or else you can really hurt your team. And what linebacker did number 58 on the Eagles? I forget his name, but as soon as he tackled for net, he got up in his face and he celebrated and, and they threw a flag and it would have been like a third and long for Tampa on maybe even a fourth down. And he taunted and he gave Tampa first down. and then they drove the field and took a knee. So it, he could have. He gave the Bucks a chance again when they, he could have got his team the ball back. So, yeah, that was uh, that was one thing I noticed. It was like it's almost like the delay of game penalty in the NHL. Yeah, like it's a stupid penalty. Players can complain when it is a penalty, but you know it's a penalty, so don't do it. It's something in your control. Abide by it, even if you don't like it. Right. Well, the, well, the best part is when um, so Mike Pereira, who's like the officials rule analyst or yeah. whatever for Fox, was like he tried to like dumb it down by saying something along the lines of like make a play and walk away. Like yeah, that, that's how they're trying to get players to like follow these rules is by catchy sayings. And it's like <laughs> you understand you're trying to change a whole like generation essentially of like mentality yeah. of celebrating a play. And you think you're going to fix all that by saying, make a play and walk away. Like a, yeah. a catchy slogan is what's going to solve yeah. this. No, it, it's just players are um, yeah. used to this and you just created a stupid rule. I don't like the penalty. Like, I think it's a stupid, like taunting, like, come on. Like the guys are putting their bodies through hell. Let them show some emotion after a play. Like, I don't like the penalties, like the taunting penalties. I think it's dumb. Maybe do it if it's like super like out of this world taunting in his face. But if you're just getting face to face with someone, let the player show some emotion. Like it, it'll bring more asses to the seats. And the more they call these taunting penalties, I think it'll decrease ratings, in my opinion. Which I don't think is a hot take at all. I think that's a very popular opinion that no one likes his taunting calls. But hey, man, he needs to know that it's a rule. So I was gonna say, fortunately. I he has to walk away. I was gonna say the rate, the ratings are going like because the revenue and ratings are what are up whatever this year for the NFL in spite of these fucking daunting penalties. Like yeah. it's not because people are like, oh, I'm glad number fifty five on the Eagles got penalized. He was doing a bad thing. It's like no, yeah. like nobody, nobody, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the Bucks are, I guess, contenders still. That hasn't changed. Um, yeah, I don't. Even if they lost two games in a row, I still think they're Super Bowl contenders. Like I'm, like he's with Brady. It's almost like, obviously, this isn't a hot take again. But he's like LeBron James. As long as he just makes the playoffs, look out. It, there's no difference between first and eighth. You know, Tom Brady makes the playoffs. There's no difference between. Winning the NFC and making the wild card. As long as he gets in, there's a good. He probably has an equal chance of making the Super Bowl. So, as long as like Bucks are a playoff team, no matter what, they're gonna win their division. Doesn't matter. They they're gonna they could they're, give up a fine. few games here. Yeah, it's 
I think no matter what, they're going to be contenders. No matter what the record is, as long as they make playoffs, they're contenders. Uh, the Eagles are, I would say this is the first year of their rebuild and they're uh, going to have a painful, I don't know. I, I think the question, I guess we have to figure out by the end of the year, we don't know this right now, or at least I don't know this right now is if Jalen hurts is a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. See, he, he's so hard to gauge. Like, is he good? I, like he was like Andy Dalton, like he he's like Andy Dalton, like mid run on the Bengals, like yeah. when the Bengals were good. Like, is was Andy Dalton actually like was he good or was he just a product of the system? Like, is Jalen Hurts good or is he just getting garbage time stats and like he's only making plays because it's like he has to, like he has no other choice. Because when you look mid game and it's just a simple out route. He's overthrowing guys like left, right, and center. But when he has to make like a deep throw, like Watkins or Devontae Smith are pulling a wild catch out of their asses and making Hurts look good. Like, I don't know. It's it's so hard to he's so hard to gauge. And I, I I can't get a read on him. So he had a forty six percent completion percentage tonight, uh hundred and fifteen yards. Touchdown interception, sack twice. I wonder also if, like, he's just got a shit coach. I don't but know. I, but, I, but I think, but, but I guess also, be, you know, being devil ad, devil's advocate to my own point, it's like, I think any player could, like, thrive under better coaching. Yeah. I, I think Jalen Hurts is good enough to be a starter, but not good enough to carry a team. Was he like golf? Yeah. Is that I what would, it, I would put them in the same? I think I th- he's better. Th- I'd rather have Hertz than golf. I think so. I think, well, the, problem, the, the problem too is that you like, you also have like, because Jalen Hurts is supposed to be this tool, dual threat guy, right? He's supposed which, to be, which he is. I think he's very sorry to cut you off, but I no, think no. he's, he's learning to be a more disciplined quarterback he doesn't want his game to be one-dimensional where all he is is a running quarterback and i can tell because he's had opportunities to scramble but he's took as much time behind the line of scrimmage to look for a pass and i think that's a very respectable look on him is that he's looking to be a quarterback he's not looking to be like my only way of success is going to be running and using my legs he's learning to throw the ball and actually make plays with his arm but, I mean, when he has to, I think he, he's a very good runner of the ball, and I think he can get you seven yards for that first down. He's, he's kind of like Russell Wilson. He might be a bit of a better runner than Russell Wilson because that's what he basically was at Alabama. But he's learned to be a lot more disciplined in the pocket, which is, which is respectable. He does remind me of, like, a young, raw Russell Wilson, like Russell 2012 Russell Wilson. Where he's yeah. like he's kind of figuring it out as long you know along the way, but he doesn't have the support system of Pete Carroll in the defense to help, or Marshawn Lynch at running back to mm-hmm. like help him along the way. He has Miles Sanders, who we just give one handoff to each half, and you know call that a running game. And the defense is not good either. But yeah, that that that's the difference between having a, a strong foundation and a bad foundation, I guess, between Wilson and Hertz. But he, and I, I was going to say the other thing I wanted to mention was 
you know, we, we see like Kyler Murray's obviously like an MVP candidate. Lamar Jackson's an MVP candidate. And those guys are dual threat guys who are really, you know, coming together in their own. I think, I don't know if people think that's what, you know, hurt should be is in that category, but I think he's like a lesser version of that when he's at his best and he, and he, and he's, you know, mm-hmm. when he's playing right, I think he's like a lesser version of what like Murray and Jackson should be. Yeah, I think people put him in that category just because of the style of player he is. But like you said, I just think he's like a tier below them. I think what uh, helps their case and what kind of puts them on another tier is consistency. They're a lot more consistent week to week. And Jalen Hurts sometimes, like the game against the Falcons, despite Atlanta's defense, which is complete Swiss cheese, he balled out against them in week one and he put himself on this pedestal that, Oh, is hurts a franchise guy. Can he perform like this? And then you'll have a game like this where his stat line isn't that good, but his fantasy production is good. Like two rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown, but he only had 115 yards in the air. Like it's, it's the consistent, it's the consistency aspect that I think he has a problem with that puts him a tier below the Kyler Murray's and the Lamar Jackson's of the world, despite being the same type of player. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. It's just a matter. I maybe it's like a new age NFL thing of like we're trying to find like total yards. Like instead of like worrying mm-hmm. about a dude's passing yards, it's like how many yards or what's his EPA or that. Move sort. the chains. Yeah, like, like like how efficient are you actually compared yeah. to just like oh well he threw for 350 yards, but he did like a Ben Roethlisberger where it's like oh he threw for like 300 yards, but it took him 50 passes to get yeah. 300 yards. So. Yeah, that guy's rinsed. Like he's oh, tell me about it as a Seahawks man. I'd be happy to tell you that that guy <laughs> is trash. Yeah, it's uh, but I think because I think the way like Brady operates because he's not mobile at all. But I think the way that's helped him kind of play similar style to that is just quick three yard throws and then let the receivers do the rest but then tom brady can also sling it 40 yards like on the money so i yeah just jalen hurts very good with his legs i think he can if he has like a solid team around him then i think he's can maybe like bring them on a playoff run it's just accuracy issues and just inconsistency like he's he makes good throws, but sometimes he misses easy throws, and I think that he needs to work on that if he wants to kind of be a legit NFL quarterback in this league. He feels like a guy who could quarterback a nine-win playoff team. Like that's who yeah. that's how he fe- that's who he feels like to yeah. me personally. Yeah, I uh, I would kind of compare the Philly Eagles to like the Ottawa Senators. You kind of get that they got like mm-hmm. young they got young talent on the team. Like Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, Jalen Rieger, Jalen Hurts. Dallas Goddard isn't young, but he's not like completely washed like Zach Ertz. And then they got some a suspicious defense that needs some work. They got a bright future that is not there yet. That's how I kind of put Ottawa. I I think Ottawa is closer to success than Philadelphia. I, I would agree. Probably like the early stages of Ottawa yeah. when they're like like 
not that Philadelphia is like selling off. I mean, I guess they sold off like Carson Wentz and like other people and just because in the NFL, you just let guys go. You don't really trade guys. It's not, you don't see it as yeah. frequently as like hockey, but it's maybe like early senators of like, uh, we're just going to get rid of everybody and we'll start from the ground up. Yeah. So I agree with that. Uh, we'll move on. We're going to talk about the big news from this week, which is John Gruden is out, resigned. We're going to get into yeah. heavy topics just like, you know, on a Thursday night, just like, you know, yeah. we all do. Um, Gruden resigned on October 11th after it was revealed that he had used racist, misogynistic, and homophobic language in multiple emails between 2011 and 2018. Um, what we, when you saw, because this was coming out kind of like they, there's early stuff on last week, last Friday, about him sending, like saying a racist, Thing in an email back in 2011 and then monday more stuff came out it was kind of coming out during the monday night football game mm-hmm. what were your immediate thoughts when you saw that gruden was resigning and that this has really gotten serious i was kind of shook and taken back i um i just can't believe someone would do what he did i was very much taken back I lost all respect for him. Um, I felt happy that um, Mike Davis is it uh, Mark Mark Davis, the owner. Mark Davis, yeah, Mike Davis is the running back for Atlanta. Hell yeah, <laughs> Mark Davis. Glad he immediately went there and said, "Hey, you're done. Um, you must be." Not so happy that it happened, but happy that he gets out of that contract. He doesn't owe him like $60 million anymore. But yeah, uh, Bucks took him out of the ring of honor, which I think is appropriate. And it's just, I was very much surprised that he went about that because he carries himself well. And I just, I it's something I didn't expect from John Gruden. And yeah, I kind of I lost all respect for him. And you can say what you want about the NFL picks and chooses who they kick out and who they suspend for how long, X amount of years, whatever. But it doesn't matter that what John Gruden did was not right. And he deserved his punishment. He doesn't deserve to coach in this league if he wants to say stuff that he said. I, I I'm... I don't know. There is part of me that's like not really surprised. Like this feels like something that he like. I guess because you know you don't really know people, so you can't really you know you base your impressions off some people, and yeah, it's unfortunate. Like, but the league is still in this kind of realm of you know thinking it's okay to say all this sort of stuff, um, especially when Carl Nassib, who's the one of the defensive ends for the Raiders came out over the summer as openly gay it it, it it's really um disappointing i i i just yeah it's i i find it frustrating like you talked about with the we kind of picking and choosing um I, I i find it frustrating that um mark davis i mean again i'm sure he's not thrilled at how all this went but i think there is there is a bit of disappointment in the fact that he's still like stuck with his guns of like going with it. He he, he must like, 
when he signed Gruden, he kind of knew, I think, something. Like, he kind of knew what he was getting into. Like, this is not a guy who didn't always have um, the greatest relationships with players or personnel in the league, and he still went and signed him to a 10-year deal. Um, I, and, and, you know, I think the NFL – the NFL in a way is both a winner and loser in this where they got out they, you know, they got one guy out, but there's, you know, this whole sort of, um, co- you know, coordinate, not coordinated, but like, you know, this happens in the league. Like this is yeah. still happening now. Like, it's not like this is just one single incident of it happening. Like it's still happening now. Um, I feel the Raiders are losers in this one because they hired him and now they're dealing with the, you know, the result of their actions, the consequences of their own actions. Yeah. Gruden's a loser in this. Um, and in a way, I guess the biggest winner is the NFL because they, you know, they get to look like in a, in a PR sort of way that, hey, we're, 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 you know, we're better than this. This isn't who we are. Yeah. I'm just like, if they've been getting these emails and sort of like everything, then why didn't this come sooner? I, it's too much. There's too much power for some of these guys. Like Gruden has too much influence in, in too many connections in the business, I think. And that's part of the whole problem. I think it's like the power struggle between um, the old boys club of some of these guys and the commissioner of football, who's the, probably the most powerful man in North American sports. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I just, I think the takeaways from this are, don't be a racist. Don't be a misogynist. Don't be a homophobe. Uh, don't use that language. That language is not appropriate. Uh, yeah. Be better than be better than that. I think we can all be better than that. Um, you know, it takes all of us. I know it's just a, a silly. Yeah. Mar- I know it's just a silly marketing term on one hand, but it's also like, hey, we all have a role in playing to you know make this sport that we like and enjoy better. Exactly. So. Very well said. Um, you know, speaking of which, Urban Meyer also got into a bit of controversy uh, a few weeks ago. We haven't discussed that on the podcast. Did you did you talk about Urban Meyer? Um, yeah, I did slightly with Corey on episode okay. sixty one, but yeah, he was digging for gold, eh? He's <laughs> is <laughs> you know he was digging for loose change, but is uh. What was he doing? Like, why? Did he, did he not look like like some like college student who was in like he was in he's in like you know the uh, he's in the archaeology program and he's going out on a Friday night with all of his buddies. Yeah. Looks like that one like creepy dude who's been divorced three times who's like just had his luck run out once again and he's you know doing everything he can to get back in the game he's using really awful pickup lines like hey are you from tennessee because you're the only 10 i see like he's using yeah. shit like that on like yeah women 20 years younger than him and he definitely calls like bartenders sweethearts <laughs> and <laughs> you know he's like that type of guy he's like yeah i'll get a whiskey sweetheart like you know what i'm saying like he's put he's it on my guy. tab yeah he's that guy and it's but it's how did he get into that situation? I just want to know how he got from point A to point B. Like, point A was post-game in, against Cleveland, right? Cincinnati. They were in, 
Cincinnati. I knew they were in Ohio. Cincinnati. How do you get from there to there? What happened in between that made him be in that position? He said like he waited around to see friends or whatever. It was like, then what are you doing? What what friends are you waiting around yeah. to see? Yeah, you're caught in 8K, Urban. I thought it was just like a meme. Like I thought it was fake. I'll be honest. When I saw the video at first, I'm like, oh, this is a deep fake or something. Yeah, I thought it was fake too. And then like reports come out that he apologized. And I'm like, shit. And then like Corey on the podcast, he was like, yo, so like Urban Meyer. And I was like, was that actually him? <laughs> And he was like, yeah, it was Urban Meyer. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. This guy is an NFL coach. No, he comes back, like, after the season. There's no way. Well, just imagine if, like, some player was caught doing that. You know that scene in Moneyball? You see Moneyball, right, with, like, Brad Pitt? Uh, a, a while ago, but I, it's it's a really good movie, but. You know, you know, you know when they're in like the fucking locker room at the end of a loss, and Billy, like, what one of the dudes is like dancing on the table, and Billy Bean has to come and throw his bat. Oh yeah. Like somebody had to do that. Like somebody should have done that at the bar and like throw a bat at a like karaoke machine and be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, or just like go up to Urban and be like, "Yo, big fan, can I have an autograph?" Not with that hand though. The other one. <laughs> um just uh, so like he just so that everyone knows like we know it's you but you're it's like <laughs> it's no secret anymore it's out um apparently he's lost all respect in the locker he's lost the locker room apparently allegedly it's, like he might he could be gone within weeks and he's definitely not back at the end of the season. If you well if so here's the thing. So this weekend, this Sunday, uh they're playing the Dolphins in London. Poor people of England having to watch the Dolphins and the Jags. If he loses if, if you lose that game or you get blown out in that game. You're fired. If you get, blo- if you get blown out by Jacoby Brissett, you should be gassed. Like, like you got you got to be fired, don't you? Like, this is a game where Trevor Lawrence should have his best game of the season. Ideally, yeah. Like, it's it, it's come down to that. The Patriots are somehow the second-best team in the AFC East. Um, their offense is horrendous. Miami should be a lot better than they are right now. And, like, I would say they're really missing Tua, but are they missing Tua that much? Like... Tua isn't really performing up standards. And it's just like nothing's like everyone's firing off cylinder. And um, like the Jags should have their best game of the season against Miami, especially in such a dominant atmosphere because England, for some reason, decided to choose the Jags. They That was a big miss on that one. But yeah, so they should... When if they get blown out, then I really think Urban Meyer could be gone. So their upcoming schedule. So they play the Dolphins this weekend. They have a bye after this because it's a London game. So they have a bye. Yeah. They go to Seattle on Halloween, which that could be a winnable game considering the Seahawks defense and Geno Smith, baby. We're, We're rolling. We're rolling with Geno. Um, they're playing the Buffalo Bills on November 7th in Jacksonville. 
They are at Indianapolis November 14th. They host San Francisco November 21st. They're hosting Atlanta November 28th. And then they got a, a sweet back-to-back here with the Rams and the Titans on in week 13 and 14 in L.A. and then in Nashville. This team is set up for disaster. They're already 0-5. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence actually looks, like, looks okay in a mediocre offense that doesn't – yeah, he's not getting any help. He, like, he, you want to take. I'll, I'll take you this. A, you want, what's a hot take you got? Throw me a hot take. Hear this? They should go after Mike Williams this offseason. Give yeah, Trevor I mean, that 50-50 receiver. Yeah. You know what I think? I, you know what? Here's my thing. I don't mind that because I think you're just adding another weapon, which I think would help. As a Seattle Seahawks fan, seeing they that they're... No oh, pardon me? They need no line. They need no line, but it's like your offensive coordinator is legendary uh, Daryl Bevel. Who, <laughs> that's your OC. And your passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach is Brian Schottenheimer, who just got fired by the Seahawks the year before. So... um not great either. I don't mind that. Like the actual wide receiver weapons they have. I mean, Marvin Jones is like fine. Lavisca Chanel, fine. I like him because you can throw him at tight end or receiver. Like you, yeah. the one of those Swiss Army knives is actually like very valuable to have. He's, he's like the the Shohei Otani of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know what I'm saying? Like you can throw him at pitcher and then throw him in right field after he's done. You know what I'm so. Chanel, like you can throw him like beside the tackle and he can he can be that extra guard in the run game, but then he can also bounce outside and he can be a big body receiver. DJ Chuck I'm always a huge fan of. Unfortunately he suffered a injury. It was was it a, a fracture? Do you, do you fracture his ankle? Uh, I think so. It was I thought it was, he, it was no bueno, I'll tell you that much. It was yeah. not good. Yeah, I thought he like broke something. So it was I I believe it was an ankle or but um yeah, I don't they yeah, they desperately need no line though. They they immediately lost when they took Etienne instead of like another an offensive an, line. An, an another uh position outside of yeah. uh running back. Yeah. Sit like oh, James Robinson, our undrafted uh rookie running back. Just had an unreal season, top five in rushing yards. Let's draft another one. Oh, and we also signed, we, we also signed Carlos Hyde in the offseason yeah. too. Um, but you know, the obviously- oldest, the oldest, youngest running back I've ever seen in my life, Carlos Hyde. He's like the Randall Cobb of running backs. You I know, can get behind, behind that. Randall Cobb. I always thought for the longest time he was like thirty-eight years old, but he like just turned thirty like this year. You know, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because um, we're recording this on the same day uh, we did our NBA preview with our uh, SYP creator, Fuji. And I just learned today that Dante Exum is only 26 years old on Portland. And I'm like, that dude's at least 30. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, what, what certificate are we forging <laughs> yeah. here that says that he's 26? It's the I am 12, but it's actually Exum at 20. It's like, it's, I don't know if you uh, saw this, but that Little League pitcher, did you see him? Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that dude. Yeah, like, 
80 innings pitched, 114 strikeouts, <laughs> one hit. <laughs> it's like this kid is not 12 years old or however old the little leaguers are. He is at least like 19. Like there is no way that he is 114 strikeouts before the tournament even finished. Like, yeah, that's that's Carlos Hyde. He's like, that's. it seems like he's so much older than he is, but he's, what, 28? It's like. Yo, no, you're 35. Like, I don't care what you say. You're 35. Like, you've been you... playing in this league for at least 10 years, and I, ref- you know, I refuse to accept otherwise. Yeah, but anyways, We're, Jackson... so so Urban's getting canned at the by the end of the yeah. year. Yeah, I thought like, because I'm not a huge fan of firing coaches after one year, because it's like, you know, it's not like Jacksonville was a contender in their own five. Because of you, like Jacksonville didn't really have a hope bringing Urban Meyer in. I, I think when, so, we did, when we did our preseason over unders, I think we both took the under on the Jags this year, anyways. Yeah, like I didn't think like what sucks is because like Trevor Lawrence, everyone's putting him on this pedestal, and everyone has these expectations of him. But he's on Jacksonville, so it's gonna seem like he underperformed. But he's on Jacksonville. He has no no O line, and no O line weapons are useless because you don't have time to throw his. Like, the Jacksonville defense sucks. And so, it, like, Jacksonville is going to suck. Like, uh, they're going to be a top five pick no matter what, right? But they, they, the Urban Meyer video, that does not help at all. They He lost the locker room. He's, like, he has no really respect. I think if they can be competitive, then they might ride him out to the end of the season. And then, like, instead of firing Urban Meyer, they might, you know, like, part ways, like, mutually mutually part ways and then he'll go coach college again or something because college like for some reason they don't care about coaches no but, they they only care about money in college yeah there, there isn't you know respect yeah. that there is in the nfl yeah but i think jacksonville needed to attack that offseason a bit better like the way the jets did it i know i, I know the jets are going to be like pretty bad but at least when they drafted their franchise qb they drafted an o-line Offensive linemen later yeah, in that first round. Their, like left they, side, their left side is set on the Jets. Yeah, like they attacked it right. You don't draft a running back when you already have one. Like when you already it, had one and then signed another, like, you don't need another one. Like it doesn't matter. Oh, we're gonna use him as a third down back. Well, then why are you drafting him in the first round? We the Patriots draft like didn't even draft a third down back in Ramondre Stevenson, and he's he's gonna be good. We may have drafted I, him like in the later rounds, but I think I, I think I picked him up in one of our fantasy leagues. Yeah, so like, yeah, they just attacked it wrong, and I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence because he immediately got tossed into a dumpster fire. Yeah, you're first overall, but you're in Jacksonville. You got to live in North Florida. Good luck, buddy. Yeah, congrats. Um, you're, gonna, you're gonna suck for the next 15 years, no matter what you do. I I really have a tough time believing that urban stays after this year. I, 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 I I hear the thing. I think it's, you know, it's never, it's never too early to make the right decision. There's never a bad time to make the right decision. And I feel like that's the move with urban Meyer. It's never, you know, if they lose this weekend, if they lose badly this weekend, I, I think it's not a bad idea to pull the plug on that. Just say it didn't work. Like I think people will respect you for saying it didn't like for admitting failure. Yeah, I respect you for trying, but it just didn't work out. And sometimes you just have to do what's best. Because the longer you have them within that locker room, the more the worse it's gonna get. The worse 
They're going to perform. It's just, yeah, I don't know. But so, like, that's Urban Meyer. But one coach that a lot of people had being fired within the first season who's performed way above expectations is Dan Campbell. I want to touch on him a bit. I, he, you know, my thing with Campbell, I, I think that team was like that team has fewer weapons than the Jags, and yet they still are competitive. What was the stat that they posted this week about how like the Lions are the first team to lose on like multiple fifty-plus yard field goal attempts at the last second? Yeah, they, they were they almost came back against the 49ers in Week One. They were competitive, I believe, against Green Bay. Until, they were competitive like, for like a for, for like a half. Yeah, yeah until Rodgers decided to start trying, and then he took off. They should have beat Baltimore because that play clock definitely ran out three seconds prior to the snap. And then the sixty-six, like, like you you saw like how emotional Dan Campbell was after their latest their like last week like he was crying because it's like what more can he do like he's like he's coaching a very fraud team to com- be like competitive in like almost every single game this season so far so i think he he's changed the culture in detroit and it's i'm glad to see it they, so. they, i was gonna say they've lost by one possession in three games this year and those three losses in by one possession were to the 49ers at home in week one which that game they got blown out early and they decided to make a run the, at the end. The and, score made it seem closer than the game actually yeah. was. And then they lost to the Ravens and then they lost to the Vikings. Um, you know, they got the Bengals this weekend. They are going to the Rams for week seven. That's probably a, a, another loss. Um, they're hosting the Eagles week eight. That seems like a, a, a possible winning week for them. Yeah. Atlanta week 16, you know, and I, and I think part of it too, with the lions is that, um, they're, they're just trying to get over whatever Matt Patricia left. Yeah. Whatever, whatever dumpster fire he left. I think Matt Campbell and the rest of the team is just trying to recover from that. And they're doing a great job. All things considered. Boy, did that Patricia experiment not work out that you talk about a coach who (laughs) admitted a mistake early on. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Did you see that Dan Campbell quote? Which one? No. Oh, I'm gonna try and find it. Give me a second. I I need to find this. Um, I was gonna say we'll we'll get back to the Campbell thing. Uh, do you want to go to uh picks picks for the weekend, or do you want to talk hockey? Oh, let's do picks. All right, let's do picks. Um, so pretty much what we're gonna do here. Uh, Jevin and I each have three games that we want to talk about this weekend for whatever reason. I, I have three games that I want to talk about for various reasons. Uh, we're going to give our picks against the spread. I don't know if we'll do this. Maybe we'll do this like in a couple months when we get back on the podcast, but I'm not a bit, and I'm not a big gambling guy either. Like I, I don't place bets, but I know there's a few people who do. Um, so we're going to, you know, do a little, uh, you know, betting against the spread for y'all. Uh, we're going to use FanDuel uh, Sportsbook because they should be sponsoring this podcast. I don't yeah. know why they aren't. Every I'm pretty sure FanDuel sponsors like any sort of sports and recreation podcast pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, what's the, Do you got the quote on Campbell? Yeah, I do. Um, Dan Campbell had some interesting things to say at the presser today. This was uh, tweeted on October 4th. 
coffee doesn't get the job done anymore. I've progressed. I've progressed to harder stuff. It's been snowing in Allen Park. I'll have to leave it at that. Are you... <laughs> Coach of the year, baby. Let's go. Can you, can you just repeat that one more time just for yeah. everybody? <laughs> um, coffee doesn't get the job done anymore. I've progressed to harder stuff. It's been snowing in Allen Park. I'll have to leave it at that. And for those who don't know, Allen Park is the home of the Detroit Lion headquarters. Um, fuck me. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Coach, um, of, coach of the year. All right. Okay, I'm, I'm going to pull up FanDuel right now. So. We're going to do three games. You want me to pick the first game? I got three games I want to talk about. Or do you want to go first? You are the guest. You probably should go um, first. You are the guest. I have to bring it up real quick. So you can go ahead and then... I can uh, see here. All right. First game I want to discuss is Minnesota, Carolina. Okay. So Carolina right now are plus two and a half underdogs at home. Uh, I think Carolina is maybe falling off a little bit. Back-to-back losses to the Cowboys on the road, Eagles at home. I still think they're good. I just, I, I don't know if they're maybe as good as we thought they were. Maybe uh, Sam Darnold is just okay. That they should have beat the Eagles. That was that was a bad loss to the Eagles. Like the Cowboys' loss, I think is a, like a fair loss. You just got crushed. The Eagles won. That's a game that you uh, should have won. Especially watching on Thursday night football, it's like, oh yeah, we should have beat that team. Yeah, um, Carolina. Like Sam Darnold's definitely looked much improved. Um, he's. Yeah, he still makes like some mistakes, but I think he's been looking a lot more competent when he has a half decent team around him. So, I'm assuming you're are you picking Carolina to cover? I think so. I think I'd take Carolina yeah. plus two and I, a half. I think at home, I think Joe Brady can out scheme Mike Zimmer. And I don't know if the Vikings are even as good. I mean, I think the Vikings are like fine they're yeah. like no more than fine and i think that's what the ceiling is on this team it's just being a fine team that's why i, li- I like carolina i think carolina is a fun team to root for anyways yeah i um i don't know if you got this one on your slate i'm gonna shift it to my pick buffalo minus five and a half over tennessee i do have that on my slate and i think that's a good pick like tennessee is so vulnerable like Buffalo's defense has been unreal. And I mean, that offense is like top three in the league. It's like, I think minus five and a half is like free money. In my opinion, that feels like, I a- think, I think Buffalo should win by more than a score, especially with how terrible that Tennessee defense is. I was going to say that feels like a two touchdown game for Buffalo. Yeah. With Allen. Yeah. Um, at least who just is like playing like he's in a video game right now yeah like if they can put up what they did against the chiefs and the chiefs de- like chiefs defenses suck and they have a better offense than tennessee then i think they can do some damage against tennessee this week i think that's a fair pick so, um yeah go josh allen go bills 
my next game that I want to discuss, I want to talk about the Chiefs and the Washington football team here. Chiefs minus six and a half. Yeah, I think this is a, a revenge game for the Chiefs. I feel like, you know, they got blown out at home. It was an embarrassing loss last week. Yeah. Um, they're going up against a Washington football team who I'm really disappointed. Like, that's probably my biggest disappointment this season is Washington. I agree. They Their defense, it's just – their pass rush is underwhelming and they're not covering guys. I think there's a little bit of, you know, sting still with Fitzmagic not playing. If I was putting money on this, I'd probably take the Chiefs at minus six and a half, just because yeah. I think there's a there's some revenge uh, coming in Washington. Patrick Mahomes, yeah, by the way, that. I think Patrick Mahomes is also uh, pretty good. I think he's also a good quarterback. Yeah, he's not bad. Yeah, he he'll, he'll be special one day. He he's got potential. Yeah, uh, my game. Yes. Uh, Cardinals plus three and a half against Cleveland. Ooh. I um I think Arizona's defense is pretty good and I Cleveland's defense has been underperforming. You know their game against LA was close and they gave up 45 or 47 points against them. And I think Cardinals being the underdogs in this is kind of a little bit disrespectful with them being I believe still undefeated. Or did they lose last week? No, they're undefeated. Been, yeah, they're still undefeated. So I think they still deserve their flowers. I think they should be favorites in this game. I still think Cleveland's a very good team. But I think it's going to be within a field goal. Like, I think it could be someone's down two and a field goal wins the game kind of thing. So even if Cleveland does win, I think that Arizona's going to cover the four, three and a half point spread. The fascinating thing about the Browns is the fact that they're like, they clearly have an identity and how they like to play and how they like to do things. Is Baker Mayfield good? I was just about to say, like, I don't know. He, like, I, I could like at the Browns this offseason because Baker's contract's up, right? Could the Brown like? Could the Browns go and get an improvement over Baker? Like, I guess you have to go through an, a rankings and you have to find who you know who you think is better than Baker. I just, I don't, I don't know if you do if you're the Browns. I think if you're the Browns, I think you have to keep him because it's the first you finally found like a stable quarterback for your team after having, like, did you have you seen the amount of quarterbacks they've had over the past like ten years? They've had like thirty quarterbacks. That guy has not had to, you know, that jersey that guy has. He hasn't had to add a new name for like two years, and it's going great. Yeah. So. I I think you have to keep Baker. If it's at like a completely outrageous cost, then do what you want. But he's finally provided stability to the franchise. So I think you do keep him around. He's but... also he's also embraced the city. Like he's like he's been a real big fan of Cleveland and the dog pound, which I think means something. Yeah. Which I I, agree. I, I don't think you can uh deny. Um my last game I'm going to mention, just so, just because you're on here, I'll go Patriots three plus three and a half underdogs at home against the Cowboys. I I think the Patriots, like we were we were texting about Mac Lacks, Mac Jones last week, and like 
there's parts of this game that I really like. Like he's reminds me of like I, I don't want it feels like a cliche, but he does remind me of like a young Brady, where like yeah, he's very smart, he's very accurate, he knows where he wants to go with the football. Sometimes that doesn't always work out because it turns out the guy is in double coverage. But in the way he moves too, like you know how he's throwing the ball, it just reminds me of Brady a little bit. I'm not saying that he's gonna be the next Brady because that's unfair to him. But I yeah. feel like the the Patriots, if they can just run the ball effectively, you know, Mac makes you know the same plays that he did, like against Tampa Bay, where it's just like quick, easy, you know, no big plays, just short, efficient passes. I I feel like the Cowboys are gonna get to gonna get upset on the road here in Foxborough. I uh, I was looking at that game and I was like, do I bet against my boys? Like, I'm not actually gonna put money against my guys because I'm not I'm just not gonna do that to my mental health. But it's a fair play. I mean, like Cowboys, that offense is buzzing. And I, I'm i very like weary on Trevon Diggs because, yes, he has the most picks, but he's also given up the most yards in the league. And hit or so, miss. Yeah. So it's like he's either getting like burnt for 94 yards, but you'll have a pick to his name. So like that will kind of override everything. But um, my last game. And this surprises me that they're underdogs. The Chargers, plus two and a half against the Ravens. Like, I know the Ravens are, like, a very good team. And, like, Lamar Jackson, like, I've learned to accept that you, like, he is a good quarterback. I was always kind of weary on him, but he's, he finally proved it last game against the Colts that, like, he's, he's an NFL quarterback and, like, he's legit. And I've come to accept that, and I, I'm admitting that I'm wrong. But I mean, did you see Herbert last week? He's pretty good too. Like, I, I think overall the Browns are better than the Ravens. I think they're deeper. I think they have better weapons, a better run game. I mean, despite Lamar, but like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, like they're two top ten, top eight backs in your backfield. Like, and they're producing every week. And that defense is better on paper. Mind you, Baker might be holding them back, but I I got Chargers plus two and a half. I think they're going to come in. Um, I think they're going to beat the Ravens. I would definitely hit the over in that game. That's a game I like got 51 and a half. I, I'm definitely yeah. hitting the over on that one. Yeah. That, that could get uh, quite uh, frenzy in a matter of minutes. Um, what a, what a, I have a question. How do you... Seahawks are plus five and a half against Pittsburgh. I would take that partially because I feel like they're just really good in prime time. Yeah, I I saw that and I'm like, I I think the Steelers, that's a bit of a stretch. Minus five and a half. Like, I know Russ is out, but Geno Smith was like, like he was decent in the, coming in for Russ. Like, he was, he was good. And that pick was like Lockett fell and like it was just like an easy interception. But I thought he like came in and like I think Seattle could easily cover. The other thing about the other, the other thing about that game is that they've had ten days off. They basically like haven't played since last Thursday against the Rams. They are one of the best teams in prime time. And I think Gino was listening to my brother on sunday or last sorry last thursday where my brother is just like oh yeah why don't you just throw it to dk just throw the ball to metcalf yeah and gino did that he's just like fuck it metcalf somewhere 
And I think the Steelers are also like a really easy team to go up against. Like you, like the steel. So the Steelers like offense is RPOs, slants, a draw maybe. Yeah. Like I, I feel like there's no deep, no, no deep ball. Jamal Adams, you can use to pressure Big Ben. You don't have to play Jamal Adams in coverage. You can, you can, you know, pressure Adams on Ben. Juju is not playing, which helps. Um, this, and the see, this is the Seahawks prime time. Like they're always fucking close. The Seahawks never play any sort of like. Are they? Are they prime time though? I think so. I think with Pete Carroll, I, I, I'm well, I, I'm convincing. Here's the thing: I'm convincing myself while I'm saying this to you. Like I'm telling myself this while I'm saying it to you. So it's like it's got the double effect. But yeah, they'll they'll they might win. I'm I, like I, I'm. I, I'm asking like I don't think it's a primetime game. No, it's it's, a, it's the one. It's Sunday the one twenty-five. No, this it's is Sun- Eastern time, baby. No, it's Sunday this night is Eastern football. time, baby. Sunday at four twenty-five Eastern. No, it's Sunday. Like it's eight. Like it's Sunday night. The Seahawks are on Sunday night football with the Steelers. Look down one. You got to go down. If you're looking on Fanduel, you got to go down. I'm looking at the time above. Yeah, no, above look, the teams. Yeah, no, you got to look down. That's um, my bad, baby. Hey, you know what? Um, have you seen that? Uh, the like the uh, all or nothing. Have you seen the Maple Leafs? Uh, I haven't. Well, because they're talking about like Stanley Cup habits. We gotta have Stanley Cup habits. Like Keith, Keith was just saying that repeatedly. Like, you gotta have Stanley Cup habits. Like, that's what you're doing. You're practicing. You're getting better for those Stanley Cup habits. That's what you're <laughs> doing, man. Um, I actually Seahawks at money line at plus one ninety four. Not, I don't think that's not the worst money line play you could go for either. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's football. Do you want? We got a bit. We got a bit of time for hockey. Of course, baby. Always. All right. Um, first, I think we should start with the, uh, the Red Wings just absolutely, uh, blowing a 6-3 lead in the third period. Two, three goal leads they blew. <laughs> not great. Multiple three goal leads they blew. Not, not, not great. Hey, listen, I like their game overall, except for them losing. Dylan Larkin yeah. uh, took a swing at Matthew Joseph, which I'm all in favor of. Oh, I saw that. That was a I fucking right, Larkin. I like that from him. Why not? Why not? Who the fuck cares? Just do it. Um, yeah. Dylan Lark- Tyler Bertuzzi uh, scored four goals tonight. Um, yeah. Which uh, <laughs> you know he's on. I think he's on. Somebody said he's on page for like 293 goals. Um, which won't happen because he's not allowed to play in Canada because he's anti-vax, but you know, whatever. Um, shit happens, I guess. And, uh, you know, I just, I just realized that Detroit had three separate three goal leads in this game. Yes, sir. Three, nothing four one and six, three. Yep. And they lost seven, six in overtime. Not great. (laughs) Not great, man. Not great. I remember in the offseason, I was like, trade of the offseason, Nedeljkovic for a third-round pick. <laughs> Opening night, he gives up a six-seven spot. Gives up a touchdown. Um, yeah. Touchdown and an extra point. Did you, uh, did you watch the uh, Canucks game on Wednesday against the Oilers? I watched uh, 
Do you watch the like, good part when they came when they came back at the end? Yeah, I I was over at my nana's house and I was getting some intel for an assignment. So and the game just came on and I was kind of talking to her and then I, I had to drive home from Langley, so I missed like half of the second. But I think the I think they played a fucking good game and you know Edmonton, they've obviously they have McDavid and Dreisaitl. That's all you gotta say for that team right they can go off for a ton of goals at any night and the storyline for the canucks is they have a good offense but is their defense going to be how it should be and i think they played a very good defensive game i think oel proved a lot of guys wrong i know it's just game one but i think proved a lot of people wrong and demko is the truth so i like the canucks going forward yeah, we lost, but I mean, you should make, and, the, play- you should make the playoffs. How about yeah, that? Yeah, I, I have them top three in the Pacific. Yeah. Um, behind Edmonton and Vegas. But uh, no, I I like they look fast. They look strong. They, I I'm excited for them, and I think people are still somehow sleeping on Demko. Were like. You- were you uh, surprised that um, you know Connor Garland seemed to fit in right away? It looked Not like a... OE, it looked like OEL actually was fitting in. Tyler Myers had maybe his best game as a Canuck. Yeah, I he every, everyone hated him because he was so overpaid. He sucked, but as soon as he laid out Duncan Keith, everyone forgave him. <laughs> that buys him. That buys him like three games worth of immunity. More. 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 <laughs> um, I was gonna say you're you're driving back from Langley. Were you listening on a uh, Sportsnet 650 uh, with friend of the pod Brendan Bachelor? Because we've all we both have uh, sort of met Brendan virtually. Have you met Brendan uh, in person? No, I haven't. I haven't met him in person either. I sort of remember him going when going like going to Giants games, but we should uh, get him uh, for an in person pod. I'd be down yeah. for that. He um just like. F- flood his dms yo brendan what's going on like hey i i know you're busy with the hockey season and all but do you want to come on a podcast yeah i might have to i just realized that i had jeff patterson on i gotta release that within the next couple episodes that's a a subtle flex yeah you know i had to i had to get some of your demographic over to me you know what i'm saying i have to i have to tease him something right (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I like I like to get Drantz on a podcast. I feel like Drantz would be like a really good interview, but I'm sure like he's one of the more popular guys, so it's a bit tougher to get. Uh... I said I sent him a DM, kind of like shooting for the stars. Just like who knows, maybe he does respond, right? Like yeah. you never know. I did the same thing with Patterson and Rob Fay, and they sent replies. I was like, the worst they can say is no, and then you just go away. But if they say yes, then you got a connection. Exactly. But um, to go back to the Canucks opening night, I think one guy that had a really good game and someone I was really impressed with was Tucker Pullman. And a lot, because I think that was the more random signings I've ever seen in Canucks history was the Tucker Pullman because it was such like a, it was a hefty term and... It's like, really, it's like bringing back the Roussel and Beagle, but on defense. Yeah, it was like... Like four years, ten million dollars, and I'm like, that's a very random contract to give out. 
But I saw him, and he was solid. He was getting the pucks out in clean breakouts. He was very solid defensively. And he was doing what he was brought in to do, just to be a solid top four guy. You don't have to stand out in any like offensive manner. Just be a solid piece that someone can rely on. And I think like he's gained the trust of the players just by looking at him in the first game. He's gained my trust. And I think that was a – he looked very good. To me, like – because I saw this poll, and it was like, after the first night, who was the most impressive Canuck that you saw? And it was between OEL, Garland, Pullman, and Dickinson. And, yes, OEL – played very good he he scored he kick-started the comeback garland was like he was a buzzsaw out there but i i voted pullman because i just think that he was the guy that came in with very like high but like silent expectations like no one really knew what to expect but i think he played a very good game and oel has had the talent in the past like he he has that to his game. He's done this it's, before. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I think the stigma of being in Arizona really impacted his play. And I said that when he was brought over, people were shitting on his like his um, advanced analytics, and he wasn't performing that well in Arizona. And I'm like, he hated it there. He wants to come to Vancouver. I think that's going to really help his play, and I think it showed that. But like. You said he's done this before. I didn't really know what to expect from Pullman, and I was very happy with how he played. So to me, he was my most impressed newcomer on the Canucks opening night. Just because, like I said, I didn't really know what to expect, and I was very pleased with how he played. I watched that game from start to finish, and I was actually like mildly impressed. I saw them play the Kraken in the preseason game uh, in Vancouver. And was a little bit underwhelmed, and then saw them against Edmonton. It's like, okay, yeah, They're yeah. Vancouver, right. Vancouver looked like hot garbage in the preseason, but I mean, it's preseason. That's, like, obviously, that's you have why, to. I was gonna say that's why you have preseason. Yeah. to look like hot garbage. Yeah, you have to take a bit of that into account, but like, it doesn't really matter. I think preseason's too long, like six games. Like, make it four, and then get the season started. That's my opinion, but. We so basically, well, basically for the Canucks, you just need to have like two home games or, you know, two games against the Oilers and two against the Flames or two or just be, Kraken or just be Carolina and don't play all your preseason games. Exactly. That's actually <laughs> a really smart thing. It's CBA mandated, but you don't actually have to do it, guys. Yeah. I didn't know that they schedule their own preseason games. Yeah, pretty much. I didn't know that. The NFL teams do, too. I that was that stood out to me because I listened to Thirty Two Thoughts and like that came up and I was yeah. like, I was like they scheduled their own. I thought it was just like, hey, here's your schedule, like deal with it. I didn't know that they scheduled their own games, so it makes sense as to why they only scheduled like four games. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. Other NHL news: Brady Kachuk, as we record this, he resigned with the Senators, seven years, fifty-seven and a half million. Um, that seems like a good deal. I like Brady Kachuk. I think he's a good player. Um, I think I, I wonder if like because part of it the reason it didn't get signed was because he wanted a, a price he wanted a price a certain price and then he, yeah he wanted a bridge but they wanted term yeah and he basically was just like I I wonder if like I, I, you said he wanted a bridge he wanted a few years I wonder if he will play the 
trade me card. Like, I don't want to play here anymore. Just trade me. Like, if things really go bad in Ottawa, if things don't go like we think they will, and, you know, there'll be a successful team here soon, I wonder if he'll play the uh, trade me, I don't want to play here anymore card. Uh, Also, like, my thing is, like, if he wanted to bridge, he wanted to see how the first three years went about his contract, and then he can maybe, like, go about, okay, like, things aren't really working out. And then maybe it kind of gives him a chance to make more money because when contracts, the way they're done is what have you done for me lately? And say he's like one of the hot top 30 player in the league after the three years. And he's like, Hey, now I deserve a raise. So then he's, then he signs a long term and he's making more money. But if you like, eight years he's good for five of them and then the last two years he's not that good then he's gonna not get paid the same money that he was getting paid before so i my thing was like kind of like in the nba when they don't want to sign the max and then they right after that then they sign the super max so they get more money or whatever i I feel like that was him he's like i don't want to go long term because then maybe i can get more money after the three years that's my, that was my idea. And then he can kind of gauge of where the senators are at and if it's going to work out and if he still wants to be there. I think it's also a, a, a great move just skipping the preseason. Like, I thought that was uh, – I was joking with uh, one of my buddies about how, you know, Quinn and P just didn't want to be in Abbotsford. Like, it's just like, fuck. Like, we don't mind being in preseason, but we're not playing in the fucking Abbey games. All right, we're not traveling to Spokane to play Seattle. We're yeah, not, we're not. We're not going we're not, to Abbotsford. Do you know what kind of community yeah. that is? Fuck that shit. Yeah, we're not playing in the boonies. Like, what am I doing? I'm playing in a cornfield. Why? Like, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> I don't even know where the arena is in Abbotsford. Yeah. <laughs> <Same> here. <laughs> so pretty much, that's kind of what I, I was thinking. Maybe Brady's just like, fuck. I'm not playing in a preseason. Fuck that shit. Yeah. I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna play regular season game for you guys. So. Congrats to Brady. He got the bag. Uh, yeah. now, now I guess he's going to try and go win a ring with the Senators. I mean, they've built, they've done the rebuild right, in my opinion. I'm still skeptical on their goaltending. Like, I don't like, I don't like Matt Murray. And what's who's their other goalie? Like Gustafson. Hey, Antoine, Antoine Forsberg was their starter tonight. Forsberg, that's who it is. And but I, um, I want to see what he had. I mean, they beat Toronto. So yeah, that's the thing is that like, you know, the sickos are back in Ottawa. Yeah. So their goaltending is a little questionable, but I still like, you know, they got Branstrom, they got Shabbat and then they got Brady Norris. Like I, I like the young talent that they have on their team. And I think they can be a really frisky team. And like, that's why I said, maybe they could be like, yeah, so that's why I kind of relate them to Phillies. Like, they could be, like, competitive in some games, but they might not find success early. But I do agree with you that they're, like, more primed for success now than the, the Eagles. But I'm excited to see how Ottawa plays this year, especially now that we don't have to play them in our division so I can actually cheer for them. Uh, I will say one thing um, that Ottawa has going for itself is that they went back to uh, the 2D logo. Their unis actually like look decent. I I love the I love that logo. So I, I I'll give them credit there. Yeah. Um, they they did a nice job with that. Uh, 
other news in the uh, oh hold on i just want to see uh antoine forsberg uh yeah he stopped 40 uh 46 of 48 is that good i think so uh against a <laughs> leafs team that uh i don't know if they are good i mean they're losing was minor playing i don't think so like they're losing minor and matthews so i mean those are like two very 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 good players yeah, those guys are pretty good as well. Yeah, so could be worse, I guess, if you're the uh, yeah, if you're the Senators. Uh, Gabriel Landis he got suspended two games for his hit on Kirby Doc. Um, that was not a good luck. No, it, it was a very bad hit, and I think he almost you can almost say that he got away with two games. I think he could have gotten more. I think um, it was very unnecessary. It didn't need to happen. Doc was in a very vulnerable position. And it was kind of just like, yo, the play's dead. He dumped the puck in. Why do you have to run him when he's on his knees and can't, has no, he's defenseless. Like, yeah, he might be aware of the hit, but you can't protect yourself from the knees. You can have no stability. And he's the dangerous distance away from the boards. Like Like a foot away from the boards is like the worst distance you could be. When taking a hit, either go open ice or be pinned up against the boards. But he was, he had moment, like he was a foot away from the boards. Landeskog had, he drove from his legs down through Doc and just absolutely crushed him. And I just, like, it was super unnecessary. And he got away with two games, in my opinion. You could give him like five for that. Like, as I know, it's like, it was just like the vulnerable position of Doc. Like it's just, it it could yeah. have been worse. Yeah, than, I, I I feel like he got off with a bit of a warning there. Yeah, I think he got lucky with two games. So we'll see if um, you know how that how it works out the next time these guys play. Yeah. And Doc, obviously, that's his first game because he missed all of last year with yeah. a wrist injury. And but I'm I'm pretty sure he came back late in the season last year. I'm pretty sure he did. You know, but it was been, like it was been so much that's happened in the last yeah. year that I honestly could not tell you if he did. I I think he came back very late last year, not enough to like really make a difference. But first, like, because yeah, he was in World Juniors before the season started, and then he fractured his wrist. So he, that was his first like training camp into a season. So yeah, it was. Uh, Doc is did Doc. Be, was he injured at all? Was the uh, getaway clean? I think he did. I don't think there was any. Um, so injuries. so Landis Landis Cog is lucky that there is no um, injury to Doc, and I think he got away with two games. Just my opinion. Uh, I agree. Uh, other thing, last thing I want to mention here, hockey wise. So NHL on ESPN started this week. They had their first games on Tuesday with Pittsburgh and Tampa, Seattle, Vegas. Uh, Wednesday was the NHL and TNT first night. Um, Wayne Gretzky was in the house. Charles Barkley was in the house. Paul Mistanet, uh, was in the house. Um, what were your thoughts on both ESPN and TNT's first games in the new NHL US contract? I'll be honest, Ian, I didn't really catch much of it. Um, well, that's great. You would have better insight on it because it seems like you do, but I mean, I don't mind, like, I don't mind the idea of it. I 
follow a guy from TikTok and he is very active on Instagram and he said that the first night was absolutely horrible for TNT because all they did was circle jerk Gretzky and he said if that's what it's going to be then this is going to be a horrible season because there's like very little insight on actual gameplay and it was just like talking about Gretzky's like career which is like not really the point of an intermission. Well, it's 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 getting it's like the Brian Burke effect when he was in Sportsnet, where Brian yeah. Burke was like, "Hey, did I tell you about when I drafted the Sedins for like the sixteenth yeah. time?" And it's like we get it. I had Morgan Riley ranked number one overall in his draft, but other GMs didn't. And it's N- like Nail okay. Yakupov was the worst interview yeah. I ever had. Yeah, exactly. I almost fought him in the uh, draft interview, but. Yeah, um, I hope that it's a success because I think bringing different angles to the league and how it's looked at and it kind of can bring in different demographics and different fans it can help grow the game. But I just hope they don't botch it. Just like be new, but don't be like so new that every, it just like turns people away. It alienates everyone. I'm waiting for like the NHL, AEW, like, Sidney Crosby, Chris Jericho collab that, you know, we're all just waiting for like hockey players to do wrestling and then wrestlers to do hockey. I think that's what we're all waiting for with the Turner collab. Yeah. I mean, why not? Right. Who wouldn't want to see an NHL Royal rumble and you know, everybody's like, that's Ryan Reeves's music. And he's like, Tom Wilson just looks at him like, Oh shit. <laughs> Oh, that would be unreal. Well, that's all we got for the show. Uh, Jevin, got a few moments here. If you want to plug anything, you know, promote your podcast or any cool projects you got going on. Well, first of all, Ian, thank you for having me on once again. I always enjoy coming on and um, talking shop with you. This is a very fun episode, but um, you can catch... Um, my show, Left Side Heavy, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Um, follow the Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Left Side Heavy underscore. Uh, I'm starting to be more active on TikTok, maybe doing some like posting clips from episodes and then doing like um, 82 and 0 challenges. Like, um, I'm going to try and do a little bit more hockey content on there. And then I have a YouTube channel, Left Side Heavy. Uh, I post full episode podcasts on there. And yeah, a subscribe would go a long way, but you don't really need my personal info. You can find that through the podcast, but yeah, left side heavy underscore on on all platforms and YouTube left side heavy. You know, um, I work, so I work for the Everett silver tips, right? Yeah. And, And we don't actually have like our own TikTok. Like we're just getting started on that because just with how the timing worked out, we just didn't have TikTok and nobody to run it. And one of the first things uh, I did was just uh, like say to one of my coworkers, like, how would you like to just do the TikTok page for the silver tips? Just, just you do the TikTok, you do it. And she's like, are you sure? And it's just like, yeah, you know what? You can just do TikTok. I mean, you can do a bunch of other stuff too, but it's like, I'm giving you the sole purpose because I just don't want to be bothered with TikTok. Um, You know? It's not my thing, although I do like, you know, seeing other people's content. I like, you know, spying on other people's content and, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, seeing what, you know, great workout exercises people are doing or, um, 
That's a good TikTok trend now. Oh, uh, the the this one the way that the uh, back is oh fucking that one's good. Yeah. And then girls are just like grabbing guys' asses as a result, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing how comfortable some people can be on that app. It's it's really disturbing it, in a way. It's, it's like the meme or whatever where it's like, okay, that's enough internet for today. <laughs> like that's my sign to go to bed. Or do you know what? Maybe I should get back to the assignment that's due in a few hours. Like maybe I should. Like, this is my sign to get off the app and, like, completely disengage myself from my phone, throw it across the room, and then actually do what I paid thousands of dollars to do this semester. It's like TikTok is, gets that, where it's like almost the algorithm sets it up. It's like, hey, bro, you've been on here long enough. We're going to throw some real, like, some whack shit at you. Some crazy shit on your timeline to, like, Okay, I should go to bed. It's two thirty in the morning. <laughs> you know, it's I got in bed at twelve and it's like two o'clock and it's like I've really just been doing this. My screen time is in like the double digits hours and I'm like it's it's bad. But well, and then you were just watching Addison Ray TikToks or something like that. I mean, if my girlfriend's listening, I don't. I watch hockey content. Yeah. But if she's not listening, then I dabble. Yeah. Uh, it, it, well, yeah, no, it's just like you know, for all you know, for all the girls listening, I just watch baseball. Like it's just baseball content, right? Like yeah. home runs and such. Yeah. And and then you know, if they aren't listening, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that's why there's a delete history, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right, Jevin, thanks for taking the time to do this, man. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. Uh, be sure to check out our our stuff. You know the routine. Uh, we'll be back again soon with some, uh, with some NBA previews with SYP creator Fuji until then we'll be back soon. Peace out.